Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Seedmasters Nova Series 2. No clever message, just simple, no-nonsense precision. Learn more about the features at seedmaster.ca. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today, Farm Credit Canada outlines support to feed the hungry in Canada. There's an annual campaign to provide food to schools across the nation, as well as the annual Drive Away Hunger campaign. It goes away this week. It goes underway this week. This year, the coronavirus has prompted significant changes to the food bank drive, but it's still being held on Thursday. We have a look at fall fertilization of crops. Real Agriculture looks at the U.S. election and its outcome on farm policy. BASF outlines support for the University of Saskatchewan, and we have a feature on beer and barley. We also have the weekly update from the Ministry of Agriculture on cattle prices. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. You. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Olympic Buildings. See them for ag buildings, riding arenas, hay barns, and more. Build with confidence. Olympic-Buildings.ca And GGL Commodities, proudly serving Saskatchewan agribusinesses for over 40 years. Looking to market your grain? Call JGL Commodities today, 306-624-2378. Farm Credit Canada has announced a contribution of $100,000 to school meal programs across Canada. FCC's Manager of Community Investment, Carla Warnica, says the support is part of an annual campaign to help alleviate hungry. We really don't think any child should have to go to school and try and learn on an empty stomach. It's really important to support those school feeding programs, as well as the great programs that are happening in food banks across the country. So we decided to donate $100,000 to those school feeding programs across the country once again. So 100 schools receive, will receive $1,000 each, um, and they're they're chosen based on need. You know, we reach out to the local FCC offices and ask them to choose schools that they feel or there's a real need in their community and try and move it around every year to make sure we're supporting as many different kids as we possibly can. So it's selected by local FCC offices across Canada and you pick 100 schools? We do. Yeah, we sure do. And this year we're actually also going to be supporting the community schools here in Regina as well. Last year we had done the I Forgot My Lunch program as part of our driveway hunger tour in the Regina area. We piloted it here and we were dropping off food at those schools and this year because we're not going to be physically going to the schools to you know, respect the physical distancing guidelines, we've sent um, $500 to each of those schools instead to help them with their school feeding programs as well. So what does it amount to in Regina? In Regina it'd be $9,000. So is that every school in the Queen City? 
It's the community schools that we focused on. We found that, you know, working with the school program or the school boards, they've said their highest need exists in those schools. So it's uh, select schools around Regina. Drive Away Hunger is also a program that FCC is part of. What's happening this year because of the COVID-19 pandemic? Yeah, it looks a little different this year. You know, we said a lot has changed, but hunger certainly hasn't. You know, and unfortunately, the needs have actually increased greatly due to the pandemic. So we knew we needed to do something a little differently this year. So certainly we're still very much partnered with our fantastic agriculture industry to raise as much food and and, um, money as we possibly can for food banks and feeding programs across the country. Here in Regina, we're doing something a little different. Um, because again, respecting physical distancing guidelines, we're not going to be doing an in-person activity. So instead we're piloting something new. We're gonna try in Regina, our first ever FCC Driveway Hunger drive-through event. So we're having, instead of our regular tractor tour, we're gonna be partnering with various organizations in the city and FCC employees are actually gonna be coming and doing um, a drive-through at the, at the Regina Food Bank on Thursday, October 8th. So uh, how does that work? You don't, no longer have the tractor tour, but FCC employees will be, what, dropping off food at the food bank? We will, yeah. FCC employees and our, our great partners across the city will be, instead of you know um, us picking up donations as we have in years past, we're going to be doing a drive-through convoy and bringing food and mostly cash donations to the Regina Food Bank and dropping them off between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. on Thursday, October 8th. Kind of like we got the idea sort of from those virtual birthday parties you would see happening around the country where, you know, you couldn't do something in person, but you could certainly drive by and show your support. And, you know, talking with the Regina Food Bank, we learned that they have over double the request in some months, sometimes even more since the pandemic hit. So the need is certainly high and we wanted to just be sure we were still, you know, supporting the Regina District Food Bank as well. So we came up with this idea to pilot this drive-through to hopefully bring a lot of support and, and uh, cash to the food bank in their time when they really need some help. Do you have a goal in mind? Nothing specific for Regina. We want to raise as much food and money as we possibly can across the country. We're hoping to raise 10 million meals once again for all of the food banks and feeding programs that are happening across Canada. How many partners do you have in Regina and across the country? Regina, we have over 30 partners and across the country, it's still a running total. We're not done yet. So we're, it just keeps growing. And again, you know, the agriculture industry is amazing. They're so generous. And every day we get more partners coming on board. So we're hopeful that we'll have even more than last year. How widespread is the Drive Away Hunger campaign across Canada? It runs in, you know, communities right from one end of the country to the next. We have over 100 offices across the country and all of them participate in, in FCC Driveway Hunger. And beyond that, we have partners that are in, you know, communities that we don't have FCC offices. Again, the agriculture industry is, is generous and their reach is far and they go ahead and they donate from, you know, small communities to large ones across the country every year. Carla Warnica is the manager of community investment at Farm Credit Canada in Regina. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Selford Group. Call your Selford equipment dealer or visit selfordgroup.com. Some farmers are considering fall fertilizer application as harvest wraps up. Retired Yorkton agronomist Tom Weir says fall fertilizing can be considered for a variety of reasons. He says spring is a rush time and many farmers have some spare time right now. As well, he says fertilizer prices are usually 10 to 15 percent cheaper in the fall compared to the spring. The other thing is in, uh, in drier conditions, uh, work that was done uh, a few years ago now, but uh, 
indicated that there was actually a, a yield benefit uh, uh, in drier conditions to banding your, your fertilizer in the fall uh, versus banding or broadcasting it in the spring. Now, that didn't, didn't take into consideration uh, applying it at seeding, but if you're going to apply it any other way, uh, fall works really good in those uh, drier conditions. Weir says there are some negative impacts from fall fertilizing. Yeah, uh, there's an extra pass across the field, which is going to cost them some fuel and wear and tear on the equipment. It may, depending on what type of applicator you, you're using, it may reduce the snow trapping a little bit. And I guess from a, a truest point of view for no-till, it is a tillage operation. So those those could be looked at as, as uh, negatives to, to fall fertilization. Weir explains the four R's when it comes to nutrient management. So four R nutrient stewardship is, is the uh, strategies that uh, um, Fertilizer Canada has come out with, which uh, talks about... Um, managing your fertilizers based on the, on the four R's, the right fertilizer source at the right rate at the right time with uh, and putting it in the right place. So it's just a, a checklist of, uh, of things that to do to uh, make sure you're managing um, the nutrients and in this case probably nitrogen in the, in the most uh, environmentally uh, safe manner. Weir says nitrogen fertilizers come in ammonium or nitrate form or a combination of both. He says fall application needs the ammonium type. And that's because the ammonium form, it's, a, it's called a cation, it's got a plus charge to it and it's held tightly to our soil um, colloids and so it's not subject to uh, nitrification, not subject to leaching. Where on the other hand nitrate is, has a ni- negative charge on it. It's called an anion, and it can be leached in the soil. It can be, uh, and uh, because it's in the nitrate form, it's more readily uh, denitrified, which is a, a process that breaks down the, the nitrate into atmospheric N or nitrous oxide and is lost. Weir suggests farmers do a soil test before fertilizing either this fall or next spring. He says it's the best way to ensure the proper amount is applied to the soil. And then this year, being that things are were a little dry this year, we are seeing actually a little bit more nitrogen in soil tests that I've looked at than have we've seen in the last two or three years. So in this year, if you do a soil test, it can actually probably save you some money because you're not going to be maybe putting on the same rate of nitrogen that you've put on in the last uh, three or four years. Weir suggests fertilizer on sandy loam or sandy soil is not an area to apply in the fall because of poor holding capacity of fertilizer. He says heavy textured or poorly drained soils are also sh- should not have fall fertilizer application. He says liquid urea ammonium nitrate is best used in the spring. He adds the soil temperature should be at or approaching 10 degrees, 2 inches deep for good fall application. He says there are some new products to reduce soil leaching of nitrogen, but he prefers banding. Weir suggests manure application should be done before freeze-up and worked into the soil. Tom Weir is a retired agrologist in Yorkton. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. 
This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio on Rural Radio 147. Recently, I had a discussion with Jim Wiesmeyer of Pro Farmer, and we talked about the U.S. selection and the impacts the outcome could have on agriculture, no matter who wins this current election. Here's a portion of our discussion. The president has spent the weekend in in Walter Reed Hospital. Does does him getting COVID and and does it have any impact at all on the results of this election? A normal president, I think it would. With Trump, you always have to question everything. So I'm not quite sure that he'll get a bump out of that. If you look at how people feel about COVID and this president, at the end of the day, opinions are probably just as cemented as ever, right? Yeah, it's washed out. He frequently, you know, waters down any any potential pluses. Like today, he tweeted that, uh, don't be afraid of COVID. He hasn't felt this good in 20 years, you know. And, and by saying don't be afraid of COVID, that gives the signal that, Look at all those families of which over 200,000 Americans have died. And, and it's just, it's not the right signal to give. Uh, you know, that's my personal uh, uh, you know, perspective. Now, I think he's done a lot of things good from a, from a policy perspective, but uh, a lot remains to, uh, you know, to uh, acknowledge in his other areas. Are, are we going to see another debate, do you think? Uh, it depends on his health. And and uh, what kind? Uh, I think it could be a virtual, you know, debate because depending on how the tests run, after he assumes he says he's going to be back at the White House under doctor's care later this evening, uh, but he's still in that critical area uh, of the uh, of the COVID uh, after you get it. So I, I think it's a jump ball on that. Uh, you know, number one, whether it'll happen. And number two, in what format, Sean? The first one was so good, Jim. How can we? How could we be denied part two and three? Entertainment, if that. Uh, I saw one focus group interview. It was on Fox that said one third of the audience uh, thought Biden won, one third uh, thought Trump won, and one third were disgusted. And yeah. a lot of people were in that disgusted area. So. Ag wasn't really mentioned in the first debate. Uh, renewable fuels did get a mention, but I, I thought kind of both candidates missed an opportunity in the climate section to throw, you know, throw it a bone and say, you know, corn-based ethanol as an example. Um, will, will we hear any ag, if the other debates happen, will we hear any ag topics discussed? Well, if they're smart, they, they would. Because, and I say that because... If this election is close on the presidential race, and it looks like, even though uh, current polls are showing Biden up, I know the NBC Wall Street Journal poll showed Biden up 14 points, but it's going to narrow again. But the electoral states, those swing states, the uh, you know northern tier states, uh, of which uh, farm you know farming is very critical. uh, That's why. You, you have to address the issue, renewable fuels, uh, trade, and stuff like that. So I think they would re, you know, be remiss if they don't, John. Yeah, we've got some tight races in some of these ag uh, states. Uh, one of them in particular, Colin Peterson, Minnesota, he's in a tight one. 
Yeah, I did a lot of research last week on it, manning the phones, calling Minnesota people, because, you know, frankly, I don't trust a lot of the national polls uh, after 2016. I really think they have to prove themselves again. So I, I just don't, you know, I got to look at them, but I don't trust them. But boy, Minnesota people are telling me that uh, Colin Peterson, who is a good foreign policy person, I mean, he's forgotten more than you know a lot of people know on foreign policy, and he's very good on corn-based ethanol. He, he's like almost an expert in that. But the Minnesota people I contacted, both parties, uh, said he's in trouble. And the reason, Sean, is he's, for the first time, he's got really a formidable candidate in Michelle Fishbach. Uh, now, Colin is far more articulate in the ag policy area, but she knows her stuff on a potpourri of issues that's important to the state of Minnesota. Plus, she has raised more funds than Colin, and that caught my uh, eye there. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan, call Harry, Justin, or Devon at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather for today, mainly cloudy sky with 30% chance of showers. Wind northwest 40 gusting to 60. The high today 19 degrees, the low plus 3. Tomorrow, Wednesday, mainly sunny with a high 16, the low 7. Thursday, sunny, the high 21, the low plus 3. Friday, sunny, the high 19, the low 6 degrees. Saturday, sunny, the high 23, the low 6. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high 19, 30% chance of evening showers, the low plus 4. Monday, partly cloudy, the high 14. Normal high is 14 for this date. The normal low is minus 1. The sun rose at 7.07. This morning it sets at 6.26 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot, south of Regina, Moose Jaw, Cornac. 19 degrees. The cold spot up north, Collins Bay, at 3 degrees. Estevan is 17, Saskatoon 15, Swift Current 16, Weyburn 17, Yorkton is 14. In Regina with cloudy skies, it's 17, that's 63 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the northwest at 32, gusting to 44. Humidity 45%, the barometer rising 101.0. Cloudy in Moose Jaw, 17 degrees. Winds are from the northwest at 39, gusting to 52. Once again, Regina, cloudy in 17, that's 63 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com and brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizers just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. BASF has promised $100,000 towards the advancement of a new world-class breeding facility at the Crop Development Center in Saskatoon. The pledge celebrates the 25-year partnership between BASF and the University Field Crop Research Organization. The support is in addition to the more than $12 million BASF has already invested in the research of crop genetics, facility improvements, and new pulse and wheat varieties over the last two decades with the Crop Development Center. The new $100,000 
$100,000 support will be used for a new enhanced plant breeding facility in Saskatoon. Canada supplies about 40% of the world's lentils and the Crop Development Centre was instrumental in developing a herbicide tolerance in lentils for weed control. The technology made lentils a profitable alternative for prairie farmers. Federated Co-ops has opened a new $43 million fertilizer terminal in Grassy Lake in southern Alberta. The 34,000-ton terminal is one of three new fertilizer terminals, including Hanley in Saskatchewan and another in Brandon, Manitoba. The terminal can load a Super B trailer in six minutes and dispense up to 400 tons of straight fertilizer in an hour. SAS Canola says eight nominations have been received to fill four director positions. An election will take place in November by online voting. The eight nominees are David Altrugi of St. Benedict, Greg Burkich of Bladworth, Jonathan Fair of Herschel, Keith Fournier of Maidstone, Evan Michel of St. Gregor, Cody Nagy of Ogama, Luke Perkins of Star City, and Dean Roberts of Colville. Registered producers will receive a letter in the first week of November with instructions about online voting. There is an option for paper ballot upon request. Voting must be completed by November 30th with results announced in December. Saskatchewan-grown barley is an important component of making beer. Canadian beer sales are pretty much on par with last year following sharp reductions during the early days of the COVID-19 pandemic because of closed bars and sporting events. Beer Canada reports domestic sales of 10.4 million hectoliters, an increase of 0.1%. There was a big turnaround with service businesses reopening and the return of warmer weather. Peter Watts is the managing director of the Canadian Malting Barley Technical Centre. The figures in June and July show a pretty sharp rebound. We actually saw year-over-year higher sales of beer in Canada in both June and July. So uh, we saw a quicker recovery than many people may have expected. So that's a really positive news uh, for our industry domestically and, for the, of course, for Canadian brewers. National beer sales in June were up 3.6%, with July at 3.5%. It will be interesting to see what happens with future your beer consumption with fewer outdoor patios and decks. You know, one of the things that we've seen is the uh, beer industry in Canada responding to the changes in, in the environment. Uh, we've seen them turn to things like home deliveries, for example, to make it easier for people to purchase beer. So, you know, the beer industry has been innovative over the last four or five months, and I expect them to continue to do so as we move into winter. Tomorrow is Canadian Beer Day. An estimated 149,000 jobs are supported by beer, whether it's in the brewery, transportation, hospitality, or agriculture sectors. Oh, I think these days there's been a lot more awareness in recent years, particularly with the rapid growth in the craft brewing industry about the ingredients that go into beer. So I think that people, for the most part, make that connection of barley and beer. They may not know that Canada is one of the world's largest producers and suppliers of malting barley. And most of that comes from Western Canada, of course, and particularly Saskatchewan and Alberta. 2020 has been a very good year for malting barley production and exports, especially to China, have been ahead of a normal. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And the Remax Crown Realty Ag Team of Marcel de Corby and Graham Toth. Online at landforsalesask.ca.
Saskatchewan feeder steer prices were mostly moving up this past week, while feeder heifers were showing downward movement. The acting provincial cattle specialist with the Ministry of Agriculture, Natasha Wilkie, says feed prices were showing some upward movement. Well, last week, ending on uh, October 2nd, I guess it was a Friday, we had feeder steer prices were higher in all the reported weight categories, with the exception of the 700 to 800 pound category. And so for those categories that increased, the increases ranged between $1.86 per hundred weight and $8.52 per hundred weight. The 500 to 600 pound weight category had that largest price increase uh, to average the week out at $218.35 per hundred weight. The only week-over-week price decrease was seen in the 700 to 800 pound steers, and their price decreased by $4.63 per hundred weight over the previous week, and so they ended averaging $198.25 per hundred weight. The weekly average steer price across all the reported weight categories was $212.55 per hundred weight. And so when we move on to the feeder heifer prices in Saskatchewan, they were the opposite. They were lower in most of the reported weight categories with the exception of the 600 to 700 pound category. This category saw a price increase of $2.54 per hundred weight. They ended the week to average $180.29 per hundred weight. And so price decreases for the remaining categories, they ranged from 73 cents per hundred weight in the 700 to 800 pound category to $6.63 per hundred weight for the 400 to 500 pound category. And the weekly average heifer price across all the report weight categories was $189.76 per hundred weight in Saskatchewan. So what were the factors pushing feeder steers mostly upward and heifers mostly downward? Right, well, that's we have a bit of a mixed bag here. <laughs> Uh, so the good news is that we continue to have a positive Saskatchewan basis. It's weakening a little bit, but it's still positive. Uh, feed prices were also something um, that I was looking at this week because Lethbridge barley prices increased for the fifth week in a row, but our U.S. corn prices were a bit bit mixed. They've been up and down a little bit. So, uh, But the good thing there is that the U.S. corn prices showed, well, <laughs> maybe not such a good thing, actually. The U.S. corn prices showed week-over-week increases for both the cash and futures markets. So that means feed prices in the future could be up a little bit. And what were marketings? So in Canfax, they reported a total of 11,356 head of cattle were sold to Saskatchewan this, that last week. And that was up from 10,020 head the previous week and more than the 9,916 head that were marketed during the same week in 2019. What happened with market-ready cattle prices? So we've got prices of live, non-fed cattle in Alberta remain fairly steady compared to the previous week. The price of D2 slaughter cows saw a small decrease of 63 cents per hundred weight to average $82.25 per hundred weight. And the price of D3 slaughter cows saw a decrease as well, a slight one. Uh, they decreased 22 cents per hundred weight from the previous week to average $72.58 per hundred weight. Natasha Wilkie compiles the weekly cattle market update for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall as Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices at Viterra were showing some upward movement this morning. Canola rose six dollars at four eighty-two ninety-seven. Number one red spring wheat gained three sixty-one at two twenty-nine fifty. The rest were unchanged. Durham two hundred seventy dollars six cents. 
Feed barley 194.70, flax 590.04, lentils 595.50, oats $190.53, yellow peas 265.89, and feed wheat 183.72. Minneapolis spring wheat December futures gained eight and a quarter cents at 5.43 three quarter cents a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. And now the latest quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of October 6th. Our last regular sale was on September 30th. The market on butcher cattle has dropped a bit, as it usually does this time of year. Grilling season is pretty well over. D1 and D2 cows sold from $0.73 cents to $0.85. Cents. D3 cows sold from $0.63 cents to $0.73. Cents. Canner cows sold from $0.53 cents to $0.63. Cents. And good butcher bulls sold from $1.05 to $1.20. We had our first pre-sorted year calf and yearling sale to kick off the fall run here in Weyburn. 400 to 450 pound steers averaged $2.33 and sold at $2.48. 450 to 500 pound steers averaged $2.23 and sold up to $2.48. 500 to 550 pound steers averaged $2.17 and sold up to $2.29. 550 to 600 pound steers averaged $2.09 and sold up to $2.19. 600 to 650 pound steers averaged two dollars and five cents and sold up to two dollars and thirteen cents. Six fifty to seven hundred pound steers averaged two dollars and one cent and sold up to two dollars and nine cents. Seven hundred to eight hundred pound steers averaged two dollars and sold up to two dollars and five cents. And eight hundred to nine hundred pound steers averaged a dollar ninety four and sold up to two dollars and four cents. Heifers were about twenty five to thirty five cents back from the steers. Some of the highlights of the sale were a load of five hundred pound black steers at $2.29 a pound, a group of 550-pound tan steers at $2.19 a pound, a group of 600-pound tan steers at $2.13 a pound, a group of 650-pound exotic steers at $2.09 a pound, a group of 700-pound tan steers at $2.05 a pound, and a load of 785-pound exotic steers at $2.04 a pound. This has been Stephanie Dagg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices, 181.65 per CKG, both brand and moose jaw plants. Coming up, the resource report brought to you by iMetals Group. Investing in precious metals will diversify your investment portfolio. Learn more at iMetalsGroup.com. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. And now the resource report with Alan Sexton of the iMetals Group. This is Alan Sexton at iMetals Group giving you your update report today on commodities. Uh, the TMX trading at 135.95, and we've got the Dow Jones at 28,235, up 85. NASDAQ is down 16 at 11,315. Last on crude is trading at $40.78. Natural gas, 2.6. 262, that's 2.62, and gold on our last right now is at 1,912. Silver, $24.39. Canadian dollar, 132.47. I would have to say yesterday was very important because yesterday showed the news that came out of J.P. Morgan, which is unbelievable. 
that one company or one person or any one individual can purchase and control that much silver. Silver is our main market. We see more upside potential in silver than any other commodity going back 45 years to every single chart that we can find. Um, there is more upside potential and lower risk in silver trading right now than I've ever seen. And when I say that is JP Morgan has been purchasing silver for uh, four or five years now. They own 133.1 million ounces of physical silver. That's the world's record right now. And they also own 50% of the world's COMEX silver, which is just unbelievable. There's never been an individual or company, like I said, owning or controlling that much of, that, of any commodity, of anything, since 1979 when we had the Hunt Brothers. I, I recommend to everybody, if you have no silver or have metals, diversify is always the best thing. And owning silver right now in any way, shape, or form can't hurt you at all. Believe me, it's the markets with the most upside potential. This has been Alan Sexton with iMetals Group, giving you your market. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM.